praying for us, because that's what I'd ask her to pray for. Give us a cool breeze. You all made our trip amazing. I will always be grateful for the impact it has made in my life. Good job, Cross Timber. Nero's coming next. We'll just play it this way. Whoever has the microphone gets to nominate the first person to come up. So, Daryl, be looking, and you can choose who's next. Well, I just want to thank you for the prayers, the auction, uh, the opportunity to go and, and serve uh, these these children of the orphanage. And, and all I got to say is I, I, got, I built a good relationship with the boys of the orphanage. Uh, a lot of you know we went up there to do some work, and, and it was some hard work. We laid a slab for... Uh, uh, Mr. Papa Jones to be able to park his car out of the rain, and and so digging digging a, a what, 16 by 18 slab and pouring it uh, from the ground, uh, mixing the concrete on the ground, and and uh, it was just a, a great opportunity for me to get to get to know the boys of the orphanage, and and it was life touching to me. So I, I I thank you for sending us and the prayers that we felt. Uh, so that's what I have. Somebody want to talk? My daughter-in-law, Roxy. Hi, I'm Roxy. I don't know most of you, um, but I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for um, allowing my husband and I to go on this trip um, with your church. Uh, It was a huge blessing to us. Um, It was a fantastic trip for us. Um, We saw a lot of really great things. Um, And... uh, one thing that I really enjoyed um, was, uh, like Daryl said, forming a relationship with the children at Casa Cielo. And um, I was personally picked by um, Mama Jones to do a little craft with them. Um, so I was able to uh, instruct them on uh, painting some stuff. I'm a teacher, so that was something that I could do easily with them, and I felt like I really was able to bond with the kids there at the house um, doing that, and I uh, got to know some of them really, really well, and we actually, we were like, we're going to just take all of you home, (laughs) so um, it was really great, and uh, then, you know, we went to VBS, and we got to, um, even though there was the language barrier with the kids, um, we don't know Spanish very well, I speak very, very little Spanish, Um, we were able to love on them and see just uh, through their eyes and their face and their expression what uh, us being there and doing those things meant to them. And hopefully you can see some of that in the pictures that are going on. So thank you for allowing us to go. Good morning. Uh, I'm Dylan Price, uh, Daryl and Donna's son. And uh, I, sh- again, want to thank you for allowing us to go and allowing us to be a part of this. It was uh, a really big blessing for uh, me to be able to experience a mission trip with my parents. Uh, I've got to do several mission trips before, and once with Daryl, but uh, never just as a family unit. So it was really awesome and opportunity to be able to go as a family and, and just uh, see this experience. Um, one of the things that God really brought to my heart whenever Pastor Rusty asked me to, to speak was that the, the importance of these short-term mission trips. And um, I, a pastor friend of mine once told me that a short-term mission trip is not always uh, best for the missionaries, but they do it for the people that are going, and that hopefully whenever they come back, they'll be more on fire and more um, 
bent towards wanting to serve in their local church and at home. And where I agree with him on that, I also disagree with him a bit because we got to see a lot of lives being changed over there. So I agree, yes, my life got changed for being a part of that and, and getting to come back and be uh, just uh, energized and wanting to serve my local church and my local body and continue to build, but also getting to see um, kids' lives change and give their life to Christ, uh, getting to see orphans um, being loved on. They were cast out at a young age for whatever reason it was, and um, Marie and Leonard are definitely loving on them, but to have another group for a whole week to love on them and let them know that God loves them and that they're cared about and then not cast out, that they have a purpose, uh, was very just special to me to be able to be a part of that. And all of you that prayed for us and that gave us a financial opportunity to go, you're a part of that. And I hope that you know that your life is going to change because one day whenever we're all in grace and we're all going to be in heaven, you'll get to experience the generations of the kids that you didn't know that gave their life over to Christ and the kids of the kids that got to grow up in a house of God that previously didn't, that are going to grow up and, and know Christ because of this. Uh, one day you'll get to see and you'll get to experience their expressions in heaven and know that you are a vital part of uh, their salvation as well. And so... Again, we just want to thank you and, uh, and just thank you for this opportunity just to tell you about the amazing thing that, that Christ did through us. Well, as most of you know, this was actually my third year to get to go to Honduras. Uh, the Lord had laid uh, this on my heart back in 2004, so to get to go three years has been so awesome. And <clears throat> every year has been different. The Lord has shown me different things, and it's it's very it's very humbling to be able to go. And just by the simple things that you can do. You make a difference in the lives of people, in the lives of children, and in the lives of the, the missionaries, Leonard and Marie, that are there serving. Um, this year there was something that was a little, little bit different than the years before. In previous years we've, we've um, gone into the schools, and then just a little bit last year we... Um, served in the afternoons with Pastor Geronimo at his church. And this year, uh, we got to spend our time with Pastor Geronimo and doing vacation Bible school. But the really neat thing that I got to experience was Sunday morning, we also were there for the church service at Pastor Geronimo's church. And as we sit here in our air-conditioned buildings and with walls around us, it's really different uh, at church service there at in El Cacao at this little church. It is just a concrete floor with a, a stepped-up altar area, stage area, and um, basically three open walls. So it's it's a very different experience. And then when you can't um, understand the language it, it's somewhat a challenge but then you begin to hear the music and in the music you begin to worship and there's no 
there's no barriers as you as you worship with these other believers. And the unique thing about this church, it is mostly children. And so once it's time for children's church, then there's not very many people left there for the message. But uh, Rusty brought an awesome message about, and I don't remember the, the scriptures, Rusty, but um, the, the thing that stuck in my heart was that as a body of Christ there and the body of Christ here, there's really no barriers because we are all one in Christ and we, we can pray for one another and we can love each other without any kind of language barriers or anything to, to impede that, the love of God. And, and as Rusty finished praying and, and giving his message, well, we were invited to come forward and the, the adults there were invited to come up and, and uh, pray for one another, to actually put it in action. So we, we prayed for one another. And to me that was very, it was very incredible that the Lord would take me and let me pray for a brother or a sister there in Honduras. And one lady that I prayed for, I learned later her name was Anna. And I learned later that she's actually not a believer. She's not received the Lord as her Savior. And the other lady that I got to pray for, her name was Juana. And she actually asked for one of the, the Casasiel children to come and translate because she wanted me to know exactly what she wanted me to be praying with her about. And um, she wanted prayer for her husband, Mario, who is bound by drugs and is lost. So I would ask that you would pray with me as the Lord brings these people to your, to your mind and on your heart and uh, pray for Juana and for her husband Mario to be set free and pray for Anna to uh, receive the Lord as her Savior. I want to leave you with one last scripture. Um, it's at the end of Ephesians and a scripture that you all remember. Um, it says, As you pray at all times with all kinds of prayers and requests and in the Spirit, vigilantly and persistently for all God's people. So that is my challenge, is that we would pray for this church there in Honduras. Um, I would also like to thank everyone for letting me be able to go and for your prayers and helping us get to Honduras. Um, I went last year, and so it was really cool to be able to see the kids again and see how they're growing and how God's working in their lives. It's really cool because they are growing up so fast. It's kind of crazy to see them just after one year. Um, and also doing VBS. That was new for me this year. Um, and there was that language barrier, like Roxy and Kathy said. So it was kind of hard at first learning how to work with the kids. But we just figured out how to communicate, I guess, through body language and their facial expressions. And you can really tell that we were making a connection with them. And it was really cool to be able to be a part of that. So that's all, I guess. Thank you.
want to go up on the stage? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry, we have to go to the pulpit. Whoops. On the, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hello. <laughs> well, when I was in Honduras, I preached. And I preached that Jesus ascended into heaven. And my Jefferson translated. So, um, and then at the end of my ser- sermon, I said to the kids, do you want to receive Jesus? Yes or no? Raise your hand. And they said, see. That's yes in Spanish. And then, the word for heaven that I like best is cielo. That's my sermon for today. <laughs> I said that's my sermon. Samara did get a chance to preach, and she did a really good job. It was it was encouraging. She, she first I said, "This is your chance to speak to your people and to tell them the truth of God's love for them." And um, so she came back to me. She said, "Okay, but Mom, will you pray for me to have boldness? Because we talk about Paul was always asking for boldness." And so I said, "I'll pray for you." So I prayed, and then she came back to me later. She said, "I don't know if I can do it." And I said, "Well, don't." Let's just wait and see. The Lord will give you the courage you need at the point in time. And so she went to the kids and she said, Well, y'all pray for me to have boldness and then I can speak with authority. And so she had them pray for her and she came back to me and she said, I will do it. And so she grabbed Jefferson. She said, Jefferson, you translate for me. And she told the kids, Y'all go and leave us alone. We were preparing the sermon. <laughs> so when she finished, and it was incredible, she went, from, she went through all of the passages of the Great Commission, through all the Gospels, she prayed. She went through the passage about how Jesus won't leave us as orphans, but that he'll send out his spirit. And then she went to the ascension of Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and she gave the invitation. It just was very organized. I was kind of impressed. <laughs> but anyway, that's not really even what I'm up here to talk about. But anyway, the Lord did, did give her a boldness, and it was beautiful to, to see God work through them. Um, I'm going to talk about the church a little bit. Um, it's really a uh, an incredible privilege as a church to partner with other churches. And you know that because we've partnered with um, the work with the NOSU people. We partner with Derek when he goes to Ukraine. There are so many works. We partner with the missionaries who have been here with Kevin and Donna Qualls. And, you know, we're, we're partners with people around the world. And um, that's very much a part of our heart. You know, even though we can talk about Honduras or we can talk about, because we've been to to Hungary, we can talk about those things, and we don't talk about the Nosu and State of Hercules. We've been not that we don't want to go, but that our heart is still very much a part of that. And um, so this week, as I challenged the church and the kids about, you know, um, following the Lord, part of that means being partners with one another and um, with the gospel. And I shared with them about the Nosu people and about the people who went up into the mountains with the Cool Mountain Radio. And even though we don't speak their language. Um, we can take their language to them. We can take the Bible to them. And so I just encourage that the little kids are like, dream dreams bigger than you can imagine. Look at things bigger than you can, um, than you think they can be. Um, the, the church really is, it is just out in the little village there. When you turn off of the highway, which is just two lanes, you turn to the little village on the left, and it just says El Cacao, and you come upon the orphanage. And right next to the orphanage is a little house that's being built right up next to the wall of that 
that orphanage, and that's Pastor Geronimo's house. It's not finished. And so Geronimo and Swanee are living with their two girls in the orphanage. Um, their house that they had been in was up for lease um, last year whenever Leonard, and they didn't know what they were going to do. Their house wasn't finished. They were, were going to have to get out of the house they were in. They didn't know what to do. Leonard said, I've got to go to the States. We know he was here when he was being diagnosed. And um, so they moved into the orphanage. And so and Leonard just said, come live here with us until you can get all this done. So they're, they're still living there. And um, they're a blessing, a huge blessing. Um, but Geronimo is an orphan himself. He, he was an orphan. And um, Swanee shared with us her testimony and that she lived in just great fear as a child. And really until she was 13, just terrible fears. And um, the Lord, um, she wanted to go to church and her family wouldn't let her. And um, they were against the church. And so she finally, at, as she became a teenager, she just put her foot down. She said, I'm going to church. And she started going. And um, the Lord called her to ministry. And so she and Geronimo are faithfully in that church, reaching out to the kids. And several years ago, as we were doing our adoption process, Leonard said, you know, Geronimo is walking through all this jungle area and all these places. There's just little, I mean, you can't even believe some of them are roads. And, you know, he said, if he had a motorcycle, he could get so much more done in a day. And the Lord put on our heart, and it was like $1,000. We were in the process of adopting. We didn't have that. We just prayed. So, God, will you give us $1,000? And a family here in the church walked up to us one Sunday and said, hey, here's some money. They didn't tell us what it was for, whatever we knew. And so we were able to, we wired the money to him, but we beat the money there. And so the money got there, and we were able to go with him to purchase that motorcycle. So now Geronimo goes, has gone into that village and has just rounded up children. And his heart and his passion is for the children. There are lots of churches in that area, but the adults go there. The kids all come to, the, to this little church. And so um, this week, this, um, the week we were on our trip, um, school was out. And so Marie said, you may have 100, we may have 200. You know, that's like a nightmare to a planner, you know, because you're like, do I plan for 100? Do I plan for 200? So we planned for 120. We had over 120 every day. But we somehow we always had just a little extra craft here, a little extra snack here. There was always just provision to cover the extra in the 120. Um, and so... Um, Marie and Swanee are, and Geronimo are working in the church a couple of days a week with Compassion International, and they provide programming. There's food, there's some supplies, some things that the kids need. And so they still meet like every couple of weeks. And so um, since we left, um, Marie was messaging Kathy and I, and she just said, I've got um, this... We were expecting a group to come. We're going to be going over what y'all had covered while you were gone. So she used, we left all of our materials. So she reused the materials and presented it all again. And John 3.16, and she had the the balls that have, it's a globe, an inflatable globe with a heart and John 3.16 on it. And they played games with that. She went through the plan of salvation. She used the balloons to do the colors so they could go through the plan of salvation again. And um, she said, we planned for 50 because school's back in. You know, she said that's that's a generous number for what we typically have. They had 92, and so the numbers have grown since we've been there. They've almost doubled, and so I was really excited about that. But the but the thing about this little church is that yes, it's on this tiny little road. In fact, we had to drive through a river. You should have seen Rusty driving that van through the river. Here we go, and Samar's in the back seat going, "God, part the waters!" <laughs> and here we'd go through the river and up the hill and you know, get up to the church, 
and the land next to the church is kind of wired is kind of wired off or whatever. And I was like, I thought that when we first started coming as part of the adoption, the the children's church was over in that field. And Marie said it was, but the man who owns that land has refused to let us use it. And we've offered to buy it, and he told us it wasn't for sale. And just recently, the word has come back that the land is for sale again. It, we, they had heard about it. So Pastor Geronimo approached the man and said, we want to buy this land. And he said, it's not for sale to you. He's refusing to, to release the land. And so Marie said, I've dreamed and had visions that the land is ours. And she said, I've seen a playground on it and a place where we can have, you know, medical teams come in. We can have we can have a kitchen and prepare food there, and the kids can come in. Because right now with the three walls open, when the mangoes are in season, the kids won't stay in the church. They're up the mango tree, high up in the mango tree, dangerously high. And she said, we can't. You know, we can't have that. We need some place that we can have close in. There are some rooms that are next to the church. I don't think they were finished. I don't think it didn't seem like to me they were finished either. There's still rebar sticking up in the walls of the church. There's a lot still that needs to be done. And we just, we really have felt like the past few years that even though our heart is for Leonard and Marie, and it's for the kids in the orphanage, Leonard and Marie's vision is for those children, not for teens to come in and minister to them, although we do, but to take them out and for them to change their country for the glory of God. And so really in being connected to the orphanage, we're connected to that church because that's where the, the orphanage's heart is. And so there's a lot that needs to be done there. Geronimo's house needs to be finished. The church needs to be finished. Although I kind of like having those open walls and the breeze blowing through but still it it needs to be finished. And then for just my prayer is that the man who owns that land, it may seem strange, but God says to bless those who persecute you and bless those who oppose you. And so my prayer is that God would bless that man more than he could ever dream or imagine with salvation. But if not salvation, that somebody would buy that land from him and turn around and give it to the church. Whatever the Lord's purpose and will is in that, my prayer is that God would release that land because they don't have any space for the kids to run and play. We couldn't, we didn't move all the chairs out of the way to try to play games. It just wasn't feasible, really. And there's so much more that could be done if they had that, that land next to it. Um, so, anyway, um, when Marie shared with the kids last week, um, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but when she shared with them on Monday, going back over John 3.16 and the 92 kids, she said, she said she had, she had a recording of a heartbeat. And she said the kids had never heard a heartbeat before. And she said she played it. And she said 92 children were perfectly still and quiet. And she said every time you hear it beat, it's God saying, I love you. And you know, what a beautiful thing. And the kids were just amazed. So the good news is going out. It's going out and it's going forth. And our prayer is that the Bibles that you marked, the puppets that we made, would go out into all those little trails up into that jungle and infiltrate that land for the glory of the Lord. So pray for the land, that the people in that land would hear the gospel. Pray for the church, for the provision of their needs financially and for the land that they need for building and space. And for Pastor Geronimo and his wife to have their home finished so that they can be there by the orphanage but not necessarily in it. Um, so anyway, that's 